daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello and welcome to the Sandler Pit, the podcast that says, I'll turn this damn bus around. That'll end your precious field trip pretty damn quick, huh? Little shit. <laughs> That's uh, from Billy Madison, I believe. You got it in one. And why do you think I mentioned that quote? Uh, because this is the Sandler Pit, the podcast where we watch and talk about every single Adam Sandler film, TV show and appearance. And I believe you quoted Chris Farley's character from Billy Madison. And this episode is going to be a bit about Chris Farley. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe it. Did it one? Didn't stutter anything. So much smarter than I gave you credit for. Um, yeah, so in this episode, we're going to be doing um, some Chris Farley research, which I feel like we've left surprisingly late, considering we've watched so many, I don't know, like David Spade films and a Chris Rock comedy special. It's about think, time we looked into more Chris Farley, isn't it? I think it's because, like, looking at Adam Sandler films or Happy Madison stuff, like, it all predates it, really. The only film of his he appeared in was Billy Madison. So, again, like, we're going to be watching two things. We're going to be watching a documentary called I Am Chris Farley, which Adam Sandler is in, mm-hmm. apparently. And it's talking about, like, his career and life. And then we're also going to be... Uh, watching his most famous film, arguably, which is Tommy Boy, uh, which also stars David Spade, but has nothing to do with Adam Sandler. Yes. Quite a young-looking David Spade as well, isn't it? A very young-looking David Spade. He looks like a little boy. Have you ever watched any of these films in your life? No, the only time I've ever really heard of them is while we've been researching the podcast, to be honest, because... They're a bit before our time, but also I feel like, were they ever big over here? Um, I don't think so, but I have a very formative memory of watching Beverly Hills Ninja as a kid. Oh, really? I think it was on like Channel 5 or something. Hmm. I didn't have a good time at all watching it. but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those posters just, for all of the films, like the covers just feel like ones I could imagine seeing in Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, I know what you that mean. That vibe, where you're a bit like, hmm, that looks interesting, but... You just never end up watching it. Yes. And this one, Tommy Boy, yeah, we've been recommended quite a lot recently by Stu Monroe uh, when he emailed in about SNL mm. and SNL films. Uh, he mentioned having to watch this. I think so it, yeah, should, it, should, be it should be good, to be honest. Like, I feel like those 90s ones where they are in, set in those like weird sort of worlds and stuff, are kind of they do kind of work for us quite often, don't they? Do they? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's well. I guess it's like half and half. Like we enjoyed obviously Billy Madison and the Adam Sandler led ones, and then Dirty Work. This kind of gives me a bit of a Dirty Work vibe, just from the poster and how yeah. kind of like nineties it looks. And then Bulletproof was another one that was like kind of weird and like that nineties about it was actually quite I was... fun. I was going to mention Bulletproof. Why was that so good? It's actually a really, really good film. Like, I really like that film. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it's sick. And I never heard anyone talking about it ever. But then again, we've also had all those 90s films like Shakes the Clown that we 
the spies, but you do see people talking quite positively about them. So that does make me nervous. Yeah, I guess. Because the other day I, I rewatched the Ace Ventura duology <laughs> and I didn't have a good time revisiting them. No. Well, so I, I don't know. know. This, I, I don't know. It, it looks it looks all right. I'm just having a look on IMDb. It's got a decent rating and the concept sounds sounds fun enough. It just yeah. kind of gives me like a planes, trains, automobiles and that kind of... It looks like... Does it look like a road trip film or something? I don't know. It does look like a bit of a road trip kind of film um yeah all the reviews are pretty positive it's like fours fives three and a halfs whatever mm. um so yeah i think i mean i'm really excited to see this i really hope i do like it and i'm excited to see the documentary as well and get a bit more insight into his life sometimes when we do this we used to do it a lot more but we've we've started not doing it as much we uh watch these films with a sandless scale uh, which is a list of tropes of everything from like Coca-Cola to someone in a bikini, uh, best friend they have nothing in common with. Mm-hmm. We're obviously not going to do it for the documentary. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I was just about to say the same thing. <laughs> be a bit disrespectful, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be incredibly disrespectful. But should we do it for Tommy Boy? Yeah, I think so. And see if there any of the tropes that Sandler uses in his films are also noticeable in this which predates most of his leading comedy stuff mm-hmm. it actually kind of doesn't though it's 1995 like this isn't pre-sandler times that's like is that the same year as happy gilmore no this is when did yeah, billy madison come out happy gilmore was 96 when was billy madison 95 oh shit so the same year as billy madison same year, yeah so it doesn't really predate it but okay never mind but i love billy madison <laughs> so i'm yeah I'm just hope yeah, I hope it's a similar vibe to those films. I feel like it it could be. Yeah, just a bit silly and a bit fun. If this is pretty good, we could watch Beverly Hills Ninja and <laughs> Black Sheep and the other ones. Watch yeah, all maybe. of them. Why we'll not? See. Why not? I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be quite fun. Okay, cool. So uh oh God, grab your fucking I don't know anything about this. Just he's grabbing just... something in the poster for it, isn't he? <laughs> He is. He's grabbing Chris Farley, isn't he? David Spade. We'll grab your Chris Farley then. There you go. Yeah, grab your Chris Farley. And we're going to go watch uh, Tommy Boy and I Am Chris Farley. See you soon. See you shortly. You are now listening to the Sandler Pit. Oh, I can actually hear you getting fatter. And we are back from Farley Fest 20. 20- 23 we've watched a whole two chris farley related things um i think that we should start with tommy boy probably i agree definitely is that, the, is that the way you watched it did you watch that one first yeah i watched tommy boy and then and then this uh, yeah, i am chris too. farley yeah me too um so luke what is the plot of the film tommy boy uh so tommy boy is about a guy called tommy who's how old is he meant to be? I thought you were going to say a boy. <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> um, so there's a joke about him taking seven years to finish college, I think it is. So probably like mid-twenties, I guess. Mid-twenties, yeah. Yeah. He's a bit of a, a loser uh, and he's kind of never done really well at school. Uh, but his dad is quite rich and well-liked and well-respected in their town because he owns a factory that designs car brakes or something or brake pads car parts or something yeah yeah and then his dad 
dies. So he has to like, the company is about to be sold away mm-hmm. to a bigger car manufacturer. So him and David Spade, who's playing like a, what is he? David Spade. Yeah, he's like a snarky, annoying man. Yeah, uh, they just, just go David Spade character. Yeah, so they just go across the country, sell it, trying to sell these brake pads to save the company, mm-hmm. uh, and different hijinks ensue. Uh, Luke, what did you think of Tommy Boy? Yeah, I liked it. What a relief to watch something that we liked. <laughs> it's very rare in this this podcast in the last like twenty episodes or whatever. But um, yeah, I had a good time with this one. I think it was about halfway through the film, and I was just I sort of looked at my notes and I was like oh wow I'm actually enjoying this this is good (laughs) um it's kind of it's the nice side of those like 90s films that we were talking Mm. like when we did the intro I think we were saying about I think I said oh yeah we usually like them and then we thought about it a bit and we usually didn't really like them yeah but it's definitely got a flavor of that sort of same odd world that Billy Madison's kind of set in maybe this is a bit more straight laced but I think Tommy Boy, like the main character, he's he's just crazy, isn't he? So yeah. He kind of changes the energy quite a bit. And it's got like a, a very good maniac villain. That was probably my standout was Rob Lowe running around with like a sniper rifle and a flat cap and a cigar. and <laughs> <laughs> Just getting constantly really hurt. <laughs> yeah, I had a really good time watching this one, actually. It was it was fun. Well, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I like this. I, in fact, no, I really like this. It was really good. Yeah, I had a really, really good time watching it. And I think it does something which I, I haven't seen many of these comedies do, which it handles this emotion and drama alongside the comedy really, really well. And mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like tacked on. And it, it's just quite earnestly nice and, and stuff. And there's loads of gags. It's really funny. And... I would say that even though I have been critical of David Spade uh, and his films in the past, I think he's a perfect person to put alongside Chris Farley because they both complement each other's comedy styles so well. And yeah, Mm. this was just really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I feel like that's something that maybe now having watched this and then thinking back to like the other co-David Spade films that we've seen, like uh, The Do-Over, for example, I feel like that's the sort of character they were trying to get again. Yeah, you know, have him be this like sh- straight man nerd kind of character, and for some reason it it hasn't worked quite as well in any of the other ones that we've seen. But yeah, this is probably one of his better roles, isn't it? Yeah, because he has this very particular tone, I think, in all his films, and particular here, this very snarky, sarcastic mm. kind of tone. Whilst Chris Farley is exactly the opposite; he's not like snarky or sarcastic. He's just heart in his sleeve, big. Mm-hmm. kind of guy who everyone likes and I think as well everyone liking him makes sense because I can't imagine not liking him he's just yeah. very energetic and fun and but yeah then him bringing him down uh and then balancing each other out was just yeah it's really good yeah yeah it works doesn't it I can't I found it funny because it kind of felt at the start that there was going to be a whole air of like to compare it to Billy Madison you know how like the villain in that hates Billy Madison because he's like you know, um, oh, I've actually worked to get to this part of the yeah. job and I'm good at it. I kind of thought they were going to go that way with it at first, but Me too. it kind of turned out that, like, David Spade wasn't that good at the job either. Like, he couldn't sell yeah. stuff um, very well, I guess, because he was too into the facts, was was it? 
Yeah, and because I agree, I wrote down that is this going to be another pro-nepotism film where the mm. villains are this stupid board who just want to take over the business because they know what they're yeah. doing and women are root for this this idiot. But the point is, is that the idiot, he knows he's an idiot and he doesn't do it well, but you actually yeah. slowly see him becoming good at what... He, and by the end, you're really rooting for him because he's completely good at what he, he's, he's meant to be person. doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought Tommy was a very good character. To be fair, he was very mm. sort of. It's easy for those characters to just be a bit annoying. Like, to, I think I'm going to keep comparing it to Billy Madison, which is isn't yeah. helpful. But like, in that film, when you, you can watch that through a lens where you're like, Billy Madison is a really annoying bad person, whereas I don't think <laughs> Tommy doesn't really have that too much. It's the odd thing when you're a bit like, yeah, that would be a problem, but like. He's for the most part, he is quite a uh, quite a nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, and he's pretty funny as well. And like the things he does and and the jokes he makes are are funny. Mm-hmm. And there's no point where like with I think it's an apt comparison though because they both came out the same year, and it also turns out they that they are think, pretty similar, aren't they? Yeah, and Tommy Boy was also originally called Billy the Third, and they yeah. had to change the name <laughs> because of Billy Madison. So they are very comparable, um, mm-hmm. but. Let's look at like the love interests in both. So with Billy Madison, you've got a teacher that we kind of said, even though the film's good, that that love story is is a bit creepy and a bit it's weird. Weird, yeah, because it seems very unbalanced. Because he's like this total like idiot, mm-hmm. and she and he's kind of in her duty of care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here, the kind of love story seems very, very natural. Also, I get why she'd like him. Yeah. I and think it's end, done quite yeah. organically as well because you see them meet, you see them kind of like, mm. they sort of hit it off and then like in, it's like it just skips forward a few scenes and they're a couple. There's no yeah. like him having to impress her like you see in some of the other ones where they have to like win them over. It's not like that boring thing where in say like Just Go With It or those sort of films where it's yeah. always like, oh, I really hate this guy. And then in like an hour and 20 minutes, they're like just inseparable. Yeah, she likes him from the offset. They have a a moment where they argue, but it's because of the plot. And that's Mm. really good. And it it strengthens the plot even. And they are shown as well to have very similar personalities and stuff. And I think it it really works. It's really good. And also the main relationship in the film isn't the one between him and her. It's the relationship between him and David Spade. Yeah. I don't think that's ever overshadowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the other good relationship is him and his dad. I know it's short-lived, yes. but I loved him and his dad at the start of this. I it was. I agree. I knew that the plot was that his dad died, so like I was waiting for that to happen. But I didn't know that. I really. <laughs> I thought we talked about that in the intro. <laughs> I must have just. It might have skipped my mind, but it did take me really by surprise when he does. They do show him die. Yeah. Luckily, because I knew that was the main concept, it actually comes in a little bit later than you'd expect. I think like the dad's still a part of it for like the first maybe 25 minutes, and it's only an hour and a half long. So he's around for quite a while, which is good because they're just they're good on camera together, aren't they, those two? Yeah. It's and you quite can... believable. <laughs> and also it's not really a dad you see on sc- on screen a lot. Like you'd expect him to be like, oh my stupid son or whatever yeah or like moaning about his son or having a complex relationship but here it's just nate he really likes his son and yeah. they have a very similar personality they sing and dance 
yeah, they establish this connection with each other that seems earned and real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked the way that um, what's it called when they first introduce him as a character and he's going through his office and it's like all those portraits of all his family members yeah. that are just him, like him <laughs> with different hair, and then there's one where it's like him and he's a woman, and then. Yeah. Um, it gets to the end and it's like a framed a window frame and then Tommy sticks his head in it. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, it was cleverly filmed. And there's a lot of this kind of clever film in it in general. And and thinking about what the scene where the dad dies, uh, mm. they cut to him on the floor and it pans upwards and they're at his funeral. Yeah. That was incredible. <laughs> I yeah, there's a good it. transition. Basically, it's like they're all looking down at him when he's passed out, and then mm. yeah, and then it camera pans out and they're all holding roses that was an incredible transition and then i rewound it (laughs) yeah me too because it's it's also cut that everyone else leaves except for chris farley and david spade and it sets up david spade also having this fatherly connection to that guy Hmm. straight away and then it's this absolutely awful scene of it of tommy walking away whilst bagpipes are playing yeah, and then it's walking, really sad. Yeah, walking through the warehouse, and he's it's awful. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's surprising. It does kind of work, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't believe how good some of Chris Farley's like emotional acting is. Like I think there's a bit where he's holding back tears mm. whilst talking about his dad, like I think with his girlfriend. And it's it's really sad and it's really nice. I think they use that scene in the documentary as well, which I'll talk yeah. about a bit, but yeah, it's it's really good. It really took me by surprise. Yeah, it it did make me feel like it's it, obviously it's a shame that he passed away anyway, but like mm. it does feel like there would have been a lot more to come for him. You know, looking at this because this was his first big film, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, like more of these would have been great, wouldn't they? Really, I know there's Black Sheep to watch, but. Mm. According to that documentary, that one wasn't as good as as Tommy Boy. I think they kind of suggested, didn't they? Yeah, because I think he did this. I think he did another one. I can't remember the name of it. But then he also did Beverly Hills Ninja, which mm. I remember watching as a kid. And you I weren't a fan of that. I one. wasn't a big fan. I wasn't a big fan of the chaos of it. Yeah. Um, but then, do you know that that's Christine Bale's favorite film? <laughs> I never asked him about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where he got the inspiration for Batman being a ninja in, <laughs> in uh, <laughs> Batman Begins? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so God. strange. But it does show the kind of respect that even the these kind of cult films have had. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this one got... No one liked it when it came out, but then it's like it's routinely like rated as this amazing comedy. I've heard of people talking about it. And then I think Quentin Tarantino does screenings of it in his... With his thirty-five millimeter, the oh, film really? he has, yeah, <laughs> At the Beverly or whatever it's called, that cinema. Yeah, yeah, I, I really hadn't actually heard of this very much, but um, I can I can see why people do love it so much. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a shame that it's maybe it's just in the UK, it's like a bit underappreciated. I think we do get that, don't we? Sometimes where we, I don't know, I don't want to make a. A mass assessment well, of the yeah, UK. Yeah, it's been before our time as well. When we yeah. were first born, basically. But I don't know because when I was a kid, I remember this era of comedy quite well. But mm. it was more that it was Jim Carrey, I think. Yeah. 
or at least yeah. in my family. Well, we were a Sandler family. Yeah, you're a, a Sandler family. family. I was Which a I ca- think, watching back some of the Jim Carrey films, I actually kind of don't mind that I wasn't as much of a Jim Carrey person. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a hard, re- hard rewatch with uh, a lot of his. But as a yeah. kid, like you watch Ace Ventura and it's amazing. And as an adult, you're just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, this is transphobic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. And the Grinch, that guy sucked. I think it's this one. Like this is a film where you've basically. Every few years, this film comes out again, doesn't it? Basically, like due date, planes, trains, automobiles. Yeah. Like there's there's a ton of road trip films where the people hate each other, yeah, and then like each other by the end. What's but your opinion of them in general? I always like them. Me too. <laughs> I love them. There was one a couple of years ago. And it was the most like by the numbers thing ever. I think it was made for BBC, where it was Stephen uh, yeah. Merchant. And Asim Chowdhury, and I really liked it. <laughs> have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Why do you like it so much? I don't know. I just remember watching it. And be like, that was good, wasn't it? I've never thought about it again until just now. But it's just such a winning formula. I think, yeah, to be it fair, just works. You, say, you say it rolls around every couple of years. I don't think it rolls around enough because, <laughs> like, I wrote in massive capital letters "road trip." As soon as they got in the car, yeah. that was incredible stuff. There must be one coming soon. I mean, surely. You- You've got to hope. There's that what? There's the Asian one, isn't there? Joyride. Is that a road trip movie? Kind of looks like it might be. It looks good, whatever it is. Don't flex your horrible eyebrows like that. Even <laughs> <laughs> cure. What the, the two? F- oh, the 2022 film with a woman on a boat with a boy follows Joy, a train wreck on an adventure who is ready to give away her newborn baby, joined by a tr- cheeky street urchin. There are two diamonds in the rough on the run. That's not that's not the one I'm thinking of. Is this the is this the buddy like thing? Olivia Coleman and a little boy. No, certainly that's, not it. That, you said it was an Asian one. Olivia Coleman. That's called Joyride. It came out last year. Yeah, no, it's not out yet. The one I'm talking about. The trailer for it just looks fantastic. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I recognise. Is that wait? Bingy from Everything Everywhere's in it. Is that Stephanie Sue? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, she was really good in um, Everything Everywhere. Yeah, watch the trailer for that when you get a chance. It looks funny. Okay, um, good. Another road trip. Sick. Yeah, I think it's a road trip. But, um, yeah, it's, I I don't know. I do. I always like it. I remember thinking that that due date one was great. But that was at like, a time when Zach Galifianakis was the funniest man on screen. I just remember Zach. <laughs> he was in a car at one point. <laughs> yeah, I was nearly seen. I was <laughs> The only thing I remember. He, there's me... a bit when he like doesn't the car crash and he says he doesn't break a single bone in his body because he's asleep. And he's like, I... my body was totally relaxed. I remember as a kid, me and my brother watched, like stayed up the whole night. We were like, we're just gonna stay awake, and yeah. we watched Hangover One, Hangover Two, and Due Date all on DVD. Oh, what a and night! Then we went, and then we went on a walk at seven in the morning. We were like, who gives a shit? Who needs sleep? <laughs> I think wow. we slept like. 24 hours. Bad boys. Um, we saw we saw Due Date in the cinema, and I remember, I think me and Joe both thought it was like the best film ever made for a short <laughs> time. I remember <laughs> so often he'd say the line, um, Dad, you were like a father to me. <laughs> That's so specific. But yeah, they are just funny. I think it's just an easy way to just make loads of stupid things happen, basically, isn't it? Yeah, because it's just all episodic comedy, so you could just reel off as much stuff as you want. Mm-hmm. And I think this does it really 
strong. So you've got like loads of different sales they've got to make, and then it's Chris Farley being like insane doing them. Yeah, um, and things like a car, just a car breaking, it just it does work quite often. Like, it just works quite well, doesn't it? When they bent the car door, and then he stuck it back on, and then David Spade opened it and broke the door straight off and he was like how did you do that <laughs> i liked that bit a lot <laughs> yeah because the car ends up like they, they get a stag inside it don't they that yeah. they kill and but there's then a part it's where they've got like a grid iron door or whatever you call it one of those like sliding doors is is like the car door for a bit yeah 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 that's good i think it's a good running gag as well that the car's just slowly falling apart yeah and- the best thing about it is it gives you something to draw for our podcast cover. <laughs> you want me to draw the car? Okay, I'll draw the car. <laughs> I like this film so much. I'll yeah. draw what you want. <laughs> I really like the bit when Rob Lowe's shirt got sucked up the tube. Yeah. Can we talk about Rob, Rob Lowe and Bo Derek? Yeah. Um, so the plot of these villains in this film is absolutely insane. You've got Bo Derek and she is pretending to be the mum of Rob Lowe, who's the most villainous-looking man ever. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, they're actually genuinely married. So a few things. Why did they get married and then try and do a marriage inheritance scam? Because obviously that'll mean yeah, that... Yeah, why bother getting married? <laughs> yeah, because that makes the marriage null and void. It's a very good way for the payoff of the film to be mm. like, oh, that didn't count, but insane. Secondly, why does he even have to be there? Like, yeah. <laughs> why do they have to be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm 45 and here's my 42 year old son. <laughs> like, he's, he's not, not that he's much younger. Young. He's young. He's not that much younger. Probably than not her, much younger than her. I think he's six years younger than her. God, in real life, I feel like he does just need to be there just because it's funny for him to be there. And no, no, it, exactly. I'm just meaning in the <laughs> in the world of the film. I'm glad. I'm yeah. so glad this happens because yeah, you've got a lot of this weird mummy fetish stuff, haven't you? <laughs> I suppose if if they were intelligent criminals, the chances of Tommy Boy um, like unraveling their scheme is unlikely, isn't it? That's or his, very true. His girlfriend doing it. I loved yeah. as soon as he was introduced, and he what did he do? He was like eating a sandwich, and then he like scrunches up the foil and throws it into a baby's pram. <laughs> <laughs> so good, and he's so villainous. Yeah, he goes like he calls her a bad mummy, and then like. Yeah, he he ends up getting mauled by a Rottweiler, <laughs> and he yeah, gets sucked he, up a tube. <laughs> he does really go through it. And what happens to him at the end? Doesn't he get like shot into a wall? He got no. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I was I couldn't stop laughing. He gets <laughs> he's on a car. They've already established the car is they're ch- testing brake pads. It's yeah. a perfect setup. He hits it into the wall, goes flying, lands on a chair. And then a massive sack, which they'd been also showed earlier, smacks him right oh, on the dick. In the balls, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, yeah. So it was really good. He really did get put through the ringer. I haven't seen Roblo in much else other than Parks and Recreation, which I really like him in. But in yeah. this year, he is really evil, isn't he? Yeah, I really like Roblo. I like him when he's in anything. Do you remember him in um, the interview? He reveals to the world that he's bald, but he has like one oh, yeah. long hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah, he is good. I don't think I've got any other notes on him, but I did like him. That's that's all I have to really say about it. Yeah, I liked him a lot. The only thing I'm gonna say is that he gets a very bad time of it in this film. Mm. Uh rightly so, because he's such a piece of shit. 
But then she gets away with everything. She ends up yeah, in a better does. position. Like, she gets. It looks like she's going to marry Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like she's about to marry Dan Aykroyd, who's been established as a very, very wealthy mm. car manufacturer. But she was as much of a villainous part of this if as Rob Lowe. If she's not, not deceptive. More. He's outright just a, a dick right from yeah. the start. He's outright a dick, and then she ends up just being like, no, I'll leave him, and I'm going to get with this new guy. He even um, seems a bit like rude when they're just going cow tipping at the start of the film. Yeah, that was good. That was <laughs> a good like, something like, these oh, shoes yeah. are Italian, they're worth more than your life. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, such a funny character. So we, I mentioned Dan Aykroyd in this. What do you think of his hair? It was big, wasn't it? He had like sort of a bit of an Elvis thing going on. He looks a bit like Gigolo Joe from AI, Artificial <laughs> Intelligence. <laughs> this big pompadour is fantastic. It was a good look, actually. I think it suited him. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And I thought he was quite good in this as well. He was like a... He played up two different personalities, like this everyday American guy and then this ruthless businessman. Businessman, and, but, yeah. But when yeah, he's... but he was quite likeable the whole time, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think at the end where Tommy basically to skip her end to the end, he like pretends to blow up the building <laughs> to get a news group in. He was and quite then, forgiving about that, wasn't he? Yeah, and uh, but he played him, but he was like, fair enough, that was pretty good because he's so rich, it doesn't matter. And then he gets to get off, go off into the sunset with Bo Derek. Yeah, I liked that he was called Zelensky, like the Ukrainian prime minister. <laughs> How did I they know? Like that. The, one of the best jokes for me in the film was when they're skipping through radio channels and then that song by the Carpenters comes on and they're both like, oh yeah, it's, it's rubbish, whatever. But then they're both like screaming and shouting with the tears going down their face. Mm-hmm. I think that was very good and very relatable. I love the Carpenters. Yeah, that was good. I think all of the stuff like in the car where they're just like listening to music is all quite nice, isn't it? All the music in this is great. It's got a good it's soundtrack, always... hasn't it? Yeah. Come on, Eileen um, was even in there. Yeah. And they... what's the bit where it's like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, the song. And I think it's when he's like smacked him with a <laughs> smacked him with like a piece of wood, <laughs> and it hard cuts to them in a cafe, with him, and he's got a massive bruise down oh, the whole yeah, side of his yeah. face. <laughs> and he says, "I, your dad could sell a ketchup popsicle to a man with white gloves." <laughs> what a good line! That is good. <laughs> My favorite line was probably the bit when they get chased by the police, though, and then. Um... They're pretending there's loads of bees on them. And then he says, your firearms are useless against them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. Uh, What did you think of seeing David Spade having a wank? (laughs) (laughs) My only note on that part is creepy Spade watches woman. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot to say about that scene, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, In reality, I think from the documentary, I think she didn't know she was going to be nude in that scene. Oh, yeah. And then Chris Farley was apparently very nice, and she ended up going out with Chris Farley. Yeah. Which David Spade was angry about because he also wanted to go out with her. <laughs> Some salacious oh, yeah. gossip. Is that the one that you, the fact that we read about? Yeah. My yeah. DB, yeah. Yeah, that's one of them. That was a good one. And then it led to them having a little fight or something. <laughs> and then didn't I tell you that Chris Farley was so angry that he had to tackle someone, so he got the camera assistant or something like that <laughs> yes so during the making of this film apparently it was very heated with david spade and chris farley you a really good comedy double act i think but yeah apparently they offset they did argue quite a bit 
uh, the reason they had an argument was because David Spade went out clubbing with Rob Lowe and didn't invite Chris Farley. So Chris Farley kept saying, oh, why, what does Rob Lowe say? What does Rob Lowe say? And then stamped on David Spade's hand. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. Like, <laughs> what a silly argument. Stupid. Imagine arguing, like being jealous of Rob Lowe. <laughs> well, you would be. Did you see him when that shirt got ripped off? What? Wouldn't mind a, a body like that, real fit boys. <laughs> Uh, it feels like David Spade just has arguments with everyone in Hollywood, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into like we're not a gossip podcast, but we not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what their working relationship was like, uh, particularly. Uh, but everyone does say that they were like brothers and they were like best yeah. friends. Well, it can't have been that bad because they worked together so many times, didn't they? Yeah, and I think like David Spade didn't go to his funeral, and everyone was like, "Oh, have they fallen out? Is that why he's not there?" And apparently, it's just because he was so sad. So I don't know. It's like me and you one day. I'd go to your funeral. I wouldn't be that. I'm sad. not going to yours, mate. Yeah, fucking invited. Bring a, bring a <laughs> gift. <laughs> the only person to not oh, bring a gift to the say, funeral. Right for Luke the listeners, Thomas. listeners at home. Luke Terry got married uh, two years ago, pretty much. Oh, nearly two years ago. That's insane. Year That's and good. a half, yeah. I mean, it was like August, wasn't it? Yeah, and we're in May right now. Yeah, so in like two, a couple of months, so nearly quite, two years. Quite a few months. It's probably a year and ten months. A year and nine months. Whatever. A year and but, eight months. <laughs> but anyway, he had a wedding, and I don't go to many weddings. I'm not a wedding man. Hmm. And then uh, our, our mutual friend, Jack Waring, who I used to live with. You university. always bring Jack in as if that makes it okay. Because both... we both went to the engagement party and on the way we realised that we hadn't got you a gift and and then we were in the car park uh, in our friend's car and we were watching everyone walk in with presents and it was like Andy's birthday from the start of Toy Story. <laughs> and we were like, oh my fucking God, we're like children, we haven't brought anything and we just caused a ruckus at your engagement party. <laughs> Got told off by your mum. It's the fault that counts. Yeah, she was like, where's his gift? <laughs> uh, and then at your wedding, I also... Hadn't f- learned. I didn't learn in the two years. Not even a card. A card yeah. would have done, would have been fine. COVID didn't just teach 50p, me anything. Just a 50p card from Card Factory to show that he thought about what he was going to do. But COVID didn't teach me anything. I think I remember distinctly that you asked, your registry asked for... I think it was just like money, right? To go on holiday. Yeah. And I was like, like, this cheap bastard. I've just traveled fucking miles. I'm I'm in a hotel for night, like a few nights. It cost a lot of money for each person to come to that wedding. I know. Probably more than your nights at the travel lodge. (laughs) (laughs) Holiday Inn, I think. Was it a travel? Oh, even better. Premier in. It was a premier in. I, I mean, think. it's fine. If like a div- if a divorce happens and I get, I'll give you a present. Then. I know who won't be getting invited to my second every- marriage. <laughs> for every Christmas, you're one of the only people I buy a present <laughs> for in the world. <laughs> Some of Shut the worst up. things ever. Actually, yeah, we probably got a lucky wedding. break. You not buying us something for the wedding. <laughs> what would I buy you at your wedding? What did you? What did other people buy you? Like photo frames. Vases, stuff like that. Yeah, but you're also a million dollars. I don't want to talk about your personal life too much, but you're also a man who keeps saying, "Don't buy me physical stuff because we're running out of space before we buy a flat." 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was aware of that. I was like, well, what else could I offer except for enduring years of friendship? It's, it's selective hearing, isn't it? You choose the part that you want to hear. He's saying don't buy me things. Want... He, he did say he wanted money for the holiday. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He did say money. But I was like, well, I've already spent... It's nice to know you did read the invite, though. I thought you just skimmed <laughs> over it. it. But no, you, you read it and chose to ignore it. I read it. I've got it in a, I've got it in a, a drawer somewhere. In a file of facts. Yeah, I should get framed. I've got yeah. on the wall now. Is the a... last wedding you were ever invited to. Yeah, well, the one of the only ones, and I saved your fucking uncle's girlfriend's life. Mate, that I'd was rather the gift. have just had a card than you do that. She means nothing to me. <laughs> Keep on going on about this is a big deal. All <laughs> I right, don't I, care. If I got married, would would you get me a gift? I wouldn't be there. I'd have died of a heart attack out of shock. <laughs> I thought you were going to save old age. He's finally found a man who's willing to marry. <laughs> um, oh, for God's sake! Right. Anyway, about what else is there about this film? Do you, what do you think about all the fat stuff for this film? What do you mean? Well, there's obviously most of the jokes are about him being fat. It was originally going to be called Fat Chance. He does um, the fat guy in a little coat. It was. The, it was the nineties, wasn't it? Oh, there's some other fat guy with a tiny head. And then he's like, I've got a tiny head. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Like, I thought it was still funny. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I guess if people have got an offense of it, then then fair enough. Um, well, it seems like he's embracing it. Yeah, it's him embracing it. And it's a sign of the times as well. It was all kind of comedy about physical appearance and whatever. Yeah. I don't care about it. And I, I, I was like... laughing at a lot of it. Yeah, I feel like we've seen some like maybe Kevin James films, for example, where the mm. whole character point is just that he's fat. Yeah, like Paul Blart maybe. Yeah. I know there's also the fact he wants to protect everyone, but he's always hin- hindered by his size and stuff. Whereas in this, mm. I feel like it, it was kind of just like a a thing about the character, but it wasn't his whole character, was it? No, it wasn't actually it wasn't. like stuffing his face and stuff, was it? He was just like, I don't remember a single scene of the meeting. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. There, there are bits where they go to like restaurants and stuff, and there is one bit with a real big Dunkin' Donuts product placement where he's like girlfriend <laughs> yeah, holds that. up a big box and it takes up like half the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the hustle. His dad visited him as a storm at the end. Well, I want to talk about. I want to talk about that at the end. <laughs> I want right. to talk about that yet because that was beautiful. Very beautiful. He sings a lot. He does sing a lot. His dad actually dies during a music performance, which is quite emotional. Yeah, that guy in a little coat. I don't have anything more to say except for about the ending. Well, then let's talk about the ending. Oh, and also, um, can you tell the pre nine eleven stuff? That's another thing. Pre nine eleven. Oh yeah, is the whole absolutely crazy. Plane, the whole plane segment is actually quite a uh, a lengthy this... chunk of the film, isn't it? Yeah, there's quite a lot. So they go on a plane because they have to get to Chicago, and they dress up as. Uh, air stewards and then start making jokes like yeah whatever like look at the look at this fat guy doing the thing and uh, whilst yeah. Chris Farley's demonstrating like he's got like a kid's um life preserver on him and it like chokes him. Yeah <laughs> stab it off his head. Yeah. Um but also they they commit like acts of terrorism quite a few times in this film. <laughs> like, so I mean he goes into a bank and it, and he's he just shouts like oh can I can I get everyone's attention? And then immediately the police throw their guns at him. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked that. <laughs> that first time. 
and then the news they go like, oh yeah, he hit us multiple times. <laughs> and yeah. We had to give him the gun. <laughs> and he does it again, and then he also comes in with bombs strapped to him later. It was good. Until they they said that they're like something flares. I can't remember yeah. what what exactly it was, but um, there's just like a shot of him. I want to say he has binoculars. I don't think he actually does, but there's like a p- point of view shot where you see the construction workers with the dynamite, and I was just like, "What the fuck are they doing that they're using dynamite?" But then luckily it did make sense. But it was just very funny to see that that yeah. and then a clock or whatever it was. Yeah, it was it was good. A lot of good like visual stuff, and then that whole ending, I, I would say is. Punch the airworthy, good, mm. good film. Like I was so happy when he succeeded. He used his own wit and intelligence in that role. He was a good salesman, doing all those amazing things. And then, yeah, it was just, it was just really good. Um, I love a film ending with like a crowd of people cheering, watching yeah. something on the TV. Yeah, man. Uh, and you get he kisses the his love interest at the end and. Yeah. And David Spade says that he's like his friend and mm. that he doesn't have many friends and he's his friend now and it's it's great. It is nice, yeah. And then it ends on the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's in the middle of the lake on the boat he was on earlier. I think he's stranded, isn't he? Like Because there's no wind to blow the boat. So he's like, I don't have any wind in the sails. Right. Dad, if you're out there, send me some wind or whatever. And then wind comes, comes the through wind. The, the reeds through the and, then, and then blows his boat away. And I thought it was one of the most beautiful scenes I've seen in any film. And it was the end of Tommy Boy. It was a really sweet moment, wasn't it? Beautiful, man. Kind of out of the blue. But also not that out of the blue, because the film is quite, it has got quite a nice sweet centre to it, hasn't it? Yeah, I think... It's a very sweet film, and I think we were originally theorising what kind of film this would be. Would it be like Adam Sandler does all these characters and voices and stuff, and usually he's a bit unlikable, mm. but it's still very funny. And then Norm MacDonald, he didn't even try and have any emotion. It was just gag, gag, gag in Dirty Work, yeah, which is also, I thought, was good. And then there's other stuff we've seen, but this is the first time we've seen Chris Farley leading it, and I think it's a really nice balance of comedy a bit of drama but also this really nice heart and emotion and sadness mm. and stuff and i thought it was really nice and i thought he acted it really well yeah yeah me too i agree it's just nice to see this other sort of side to it because obviously we've watched all the like saturday night live compilation type things yeah. but we've kind of just had a bit of like a sort of weird overview of him and then him yeah. in cameos where he's always just like the shouting crazy guy which he is in this as well yeah, that, like whole ball of energy getting thrown in the room thing. But because they've got him for this extra bit of time, they have fleshed out that sort of mm. character. He's not just like a one trick pony yeah. kind of thing. And they get moments of him walking away from a funeral with his head bowed to the sound of bagpipes through an empty churchyard and through an empty factory, mm-hmm. like with tears in his eyes. And then on a boat with the ghost of his father blowing the wind of his sails, like, that's fantastic stuff, and you wouldn't see it that is. in any of these Adam Sandler films. And that's not a criticism of Adam Sandler; it just shows how good mm. this dude was. The only Sandler film that would probably try and do something like this is like Sandy Wexler, maybe. Yeah, this guy could have played Shrek. He could have. I mean, I'm... I think he had it. I think he. I think he would have been good actually after watching this and seeing a bit more of him. Yeah, I agree. It's just now that, that... We know there are layers to him. 
it's kind of like when you see concept art for like Woody, where he's like five times as big as Buzz Lightyear or whatever. Oh, and, yeah. And you're like, oh my God, what the fuck? But because it's because we're so used to that version of the character where they're the same size or whatever. Uh, mm. And it's the same here. You kind of say no one else could do it except Mike Myers. But I think this is proof of that he would have been good. And I think he would have brought a lot to that role. Yeah. Um, great film. Was have you got anything good? else to say? No, I think that's everything. Should we do our Sandler scale for that? Yeah. How did you do? Well, it's not a Sandler scale, I guess. I can't remember what we called it. Um, Barley formula, maybe. Barley formula, probably. That's if it's something that rolls off your tongue. The first thing you think of, it was probably that. Yeah, um, I did okay on this. I got a line eventually. It took me an hour and three minutes, though, quite a while. My line was hit in face very early. There's like a sort of bit where it kind of reminded me of The Simpsons, the opening credits of this, where it was just a young Tommy boy like yeah. running through the streets of like saxophone playing, and then it transitions to him growing up through like a cloud of smoke which i always quite like um but then he runs into like a hedge and it turns out someone's like building a fence on the other side and he like whacks his head on it that was the first hit in face that i saw um 70s or 80s rock song plays end of the world as we know it by rem one of the songs in the car probably yeah. more of a pop song but there's a rocky tone to it there's instruments yeah. um shouting i've got the quote son of a i think he says that maybe like 12 times in this film. It's kind mm. of a catchphrase that and is it holy shnikes that he says as well? Quite a lot. Yeah. So that was my line. That was an hour and three minutes it took for that. I also got everybody loves him the first time he walks through that factory and everyone's like, hey, Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Everyone's just saying it because they all like him. And fast food I got for Dunkin' Donuts. The first time you just see a box of it, but the second time they go for breakfast and you see some like breakfast sandwiches. Looks a bit fast foody. Uh, I didn't get fart joke, I don't think. It wasn't really that sort of comedy, was it? It was more slapstick than farts. Mm. Um, didn't get Pepsi, didn't see Kevin Nealon, and I didn't take comedy actor pre-fame, because I think they were all quite well-known at this point, weren't they? What? You just haven't listened to any of this, have you? What, no, I just cut out then. Or something. Because you've just been looking down at your phone this whole last like few minutes. <laughs> Did you get bad news again? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I, I got asked for my uh, I just got asked for my like passport information because my friend's booking a flight and they're booking it now. I was like, oh shit. Too bad. They're like calling me. We're doing sandler pit. <laughs> um, Sorry, what were you saying? I just <laughs> you got, I went you got through my whole sandler out. scale. Yeah, you, I didn't cut out. Don't fucking lie. I know I didn't cut out. <laughs> I, I didn't catch you. the bit, last bit. I'm sorry. Dozy prick. What's the last <laughs> thing you heard? Me saying uh, I liked the film. I think it was something... Uh, Welcome yeah, to you, the Sandler pit. In the said intro, something about hitting your head on a fence. <laughs> you prick. I've said so much since then. <laughs> oh, whatever. Where would you, where is your line? Jesus. My line was an hour and three minutes in. Nice. I'm not saying it all again. Okay. Um, for the listeners, anyway. No, it's not. <laughs> <Can't>... <laughs> There's no one listening. This is an echo chamber of our own creation. Um, <laughs> I said I didn't take comedy actor pre-fame because I don't think there's anyone in this that wasn't already well-known. Um, no, I don't think so. Other than that, that's it. How did you do? Yeah, good. I got 
<laughs> that was good. Uh, so I got quite a few uh, crossed out. I got my line an hour and 29 minutes in. Uh, I got Screaming Farley, nice property. And then my line was at Hitting Nuts, which is the exact point where uh, Rob Lowe gets hit <laughs> right in the balls in the nice. best Hitting Nuts I've ever seen. That was a good Hitting Nuts. Uh, then I get Farley Sings, Logan on screen. Um, I didn't get Rip Dad Bod Vomit Weed or Dream. Hmm. Weed you did get. Did I? Very early on, they're like smoking a um, bong at like the party right at the start. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, But yeah, I don't think I got vomit. I think I got vomit noise, but I didn't count it. Mm. Um, There's a a bit at that party when he does the bong. I think there's a bit when they're all like chugging their drink. Yeah. You don't don't see him inhale any smoke from anywhere, but then smoke comes out of his mouth after he's finished like (laughs) drinking. (laughs) I I was going to do rip dad bod, but Rob Lowe's not a dad in this. He's a little son. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a son. He's a child. Son. Child bod. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of if there was any of those other things. But yeah, it's the same. Like, I didn't get a fart joke. I was saying you you probably didn't hear that part. Yeah, that's weird that there's no fart joke. I'm sorry, I was sending my goddamn <laughs> flight information. <laughs> I want to go to Barcelona. I Fucking hope that the flight me. you're on has... has... Chris Farley and uh, David Spade <laughs> as the stewards. Ah, so if you look at the guy of the... I can't do David Spade impression. <laughs> He'll say something about you being bald, probably. Look at the baldy on row five! <laughs> you just sit there being bald, sir. I'll get you your coffee. Be something like that. <laughs> that does sound um, like him. Okay. So, Luke, you've got a copy of Tommy Boy um, and you're stumbling around drunk carrying it are you gonna throw it into the pit well rot with featured performance from from chris farley in coneheads i think <laughs> i think that's in the pit right it better be yeah i think so yeah i'd be what surprised else? if it wasn't has he done anything else that we put in the pit i can't saturday remember saturday night live saturday, yeah all of saturday night live airheads. is it gonna rot there did airheads go in the that might be castle yeah or are you going to roll around pretending you've been stung by bees and then roll right into the Sandler Castle where it'll be celebrated with Billy Madison and some of the other stuff that he's appeared in? What are you, uh, Where are you going to put it? Yeah, the castle, I think. Um, we haven't really had a bad word to say about it, which is a good sign. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a fun, easy watch. I could. This is one of the few that I hadn't seen before the podcast that I can like see myself re-watching definitely yeah it was just a good film if people have listened to this whole podcast we've spoken about the whole film already so like if you haven't seen it it's probably kind of been ruined for you but i'd recommend people watch this one because yeah it's just a easy good good watch really and i think it's the best example of chris farley's work that i've seen definitely Mm. and uh yeah he's just a good leading man and it's just a nice a nice kind of comedy really yeah. Very enjoyable. How about you? Yeah, definitely in the Sandler Castle for me. Um, not only in the Sandler Castle, I think maybe in the top upper turrets of the castle. Nice. I think this was a, a really solid comedy um, that I would rank amongst the Waterboy and some of the other classics. The um, gods. And I really do want to rewatch it as well. I think there was a lot of gags in this I might have missed because there's so many 
jokes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see why this is so beloved. And yeah, it's just such a shame that we didn't get more Chris Farley leading stuff because he was a, a very talented performer. Mm-hmm. And also him and Spade are a fantastic pairing. Uh, and I think they complement each other perfectly. And yeah, I I really can't wait to watch this again at some point. Yeah, I didn't think I'd come out of this wanting to watch Black Sheep, but now I do want to watch Black Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, good film. Good film. This is the point where we'd usually have a game as well, which we're going to do later. But we also watched another film as well, which mm-hmm. was I Am Chris Farley uh, from 2015, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was around that sort of time. So this was kind of like, it felt a lot more, I would say it felt more like a tribute than necessarily mm. a biographical documentary. Yeah. I know there are mean. mentions of his sort of timeline, you know, to like from childhood to fame and whatever. But for the most part, it's more like kind of celebrations of like the little things that he did. So like the version I watched of this was a TV broadcast version of it for yeah. some reason. Um, and so it had like breaks in it and stuff. And it kind of felt like each part was just like a celebration of each sort of famous sketch that he'd done more or less there's yeah. a big chunk that's about the Chippendales sketch that he did with Patrick Swayze mm. big chunk about the down by the river Matt Foley one and then sort of intercut with a lot of his friends and colleagues just saying about how how great he was basically yeah what did you think of this I don't know I think it was good in the fact that it added a lot of context to him as a performer and him on Saturday Night Live because, like like we've said in the two SNL episodes we've done, uh, we mm. we didn't grow up on it and I don't really I never really knew anything about him uh, and I think it's good getting a more insight from that time period of why it was a big deal mm-hmm. and I think and I enjoyed watching it. Um, but you're right, it's not like quite a documentary. It's it's kind of middles with its subject matter. The sub yeah. the, the basically what I'm trying to say is the subject matter is good, but I think the presentation as a documentary is not that good because you only get outside of talking heads and archive stuff. The only additional thing is Kevin Farley driving around and then doing some stand up. Yeah. Um, which I thought was like a bit of a weak presentation of Chris Farley's life. Mm-hmm. Um what about you? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think I liked that we were seeing one of his brothers who kind of, I guess the context of it or the gist is kind of a bit like he's kind of similar to him, but he's not doing it in the same sort of way. Like he mm. looked he looked like him and stuff, but it wasn't enough that he would be on Saturday Night Live, you know, ripping a new one into the comedy world. Yeah. So I was just kind of, they were all sort of saying they were sort of in his shadow, weren't they? Him and his other brothers. I feel like it would have been nice to have just seen a little bit more of like maybe his family talking about him rather than some. I mean, obviously, his co like co hosts, co cast members, and stuff were all it was good to hear from them. But I think when it comes to these documentaries, you do want to hear more about their life before the fame. Yeah. More about them growing up. Like maybe his parents aren't around to talk about it and stuff, but you'd think there would be someone like old, old teachers, stuff like that. Like I kind of like all of that. In the documentary, you, you got like a little bit of the around. the old teacher who was like a little old man who was the theater person. Yeah, 
Um, and the father, Matt Foley, the, the character was based yeah. on a random priest. That was quite <laughs> A rugby-playing priest. As an English person, did you find it surprising that he was a rugby player? <laughs> yeah, rather than... That American blew football. my mind. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they know what that is? <laughs> yeah. I bet it's so confusing for him. But yeah, it was... It's definitely, like, not one of the best documentaries that I've seen, you know? <sighs> I think even it could have done with a bit more of like the archive stuff because I'm sure he did do more interviews with people, but they kind of just used that one with David Letterman quite a few times. He must have done more than just that. And did you notice as well, they kept zooming in on his face to kind of back up their point in the moment. So it's like, oh, there was this dark side and then they'll zoom in on his face and he might make a slight facial expression to back to their point. Yeah. And I was like, well, you make... Because we know what happened we know the reality Hmm. so yeah there probably were clues but i think zooming in on a man's face as he's doing some show or whatever and being like oh look there's the clue Mm -hmm. i don't know i thought it was a bit of a weak presentation to it i think it's nice as a tribute but it kind of just does the whole like over over here in the uk there's these documentaries that go on channel five that are called Mm. like my best christmas or like the uk's favorite pop song and it's just a lot of celebrities in like little nondescript yeah. rooms just talking about, oh, yeah, we loved it when the Jackson 5 did this. And it's kind of just that. And it doesn't really go too much deeper than that. It feels <laughs> you... like one of those shows a little bit. Yeah. Do you ever remember those like, what was it like top 50 TV moments of the 1970s? Mm-hmm. And it'd all be like some naff British comedians being like, oh, my God, can you believe it when they all killed each other on, uh, on that stuff? Yeah, that stupid show set in space. I can't remember the name of it. Red Dwarf. No, the... Star Trek. No, the Doctor no, Doctor. the one where they all get killed at the end. The clangers. The... No, not the clangers. The quartermass experiment. No, oh, that's uh... the 20s. <laughs> oh fuck! This is gonna really piss me off because I think it's called some right show when they. They all kill themselves at the end. No, they kill each other at the end. I keep wanting to say Jackson 5. It's not Jackson 5. Babylon 5. No. Farscape. No, no. Stargate. Stargate. (laughs) Next Generation. Enterprise. Right. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) You're in my my mind. Um, Enemy Mind. Have you ever seen Enemy Mind? (laughs) No, I haven't. <laughs> Sci-fi. Blake Seven. Not heard of that. Oh, it's a British TV show. So I remember it. I remember this very distinctly on one of these like best of the seventies shows. Mm. And I think it was like Blake Seven and it's like it's like Star Trek but British. Right. And they, okay. I think they couldn't they it got cancelled, so they're like, how do we end it? And then the last episode's just one of the characters <laughs> shooting all of the other main <laughs> characters and then shooting himself. Oh, Such a sad. weird ending. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in this, at least, like, I know, like those things, those shows, it's just people that, if you ever like look at the age that they were when they're talking about the thing that they're talking about, they're always just kids. Mm. So they think that thing was great. Whereas at least in this, it was the people that were complimenting him were people that knew him and they worked with him. It weren't just people that were like admiring him from a distance, I guess. Yeah. And there were some really good. I thought there were some really good bits as well. Um, Bob Odenkirk, he was he was a really good um, mm. in this. Yeah, he's 
because I didn't realize they started an improv together and he wrote the character. Yeah, I think I, I told you this not long ago that I just discovered it. I think when Bob Odenkirk was on, I think it was on Hot Ones, yeah. um, he was speaking about um, how he had basically written like the whole Matt Foley sketch or whatever, or he had like contributed to it quite a lot. But yeah, he was he was really good in this. It it was nice seeing some of these clips of him. I thought they were quite funny. Some of them, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It made me like what a lot of the clips it? more than I did when we'd seen him in the past. I think. <laughs> Don't know why. Maybe just <laughs> they're explaining the joke, so I understood it finally. Yeah, it's <laughs> loads of people going like, "This was the funniest thing I've ever seen," and yeah. then you watch it and you're like, "Okay, okay, it's yeah." Yeah. Um, why, on the technical level, going back to the actual production of this documentary, mm. why was it that some of them were filmed so nicely? Like, Lorne Michaels is in front of, like, a cork board with loads of post-it notes and stuff, obviously, like, kind of hinting at the Saturday Night Live thing. Dan Aykroyd's in, like, a little well-lit black room. <laughs> Two cameras, one on the side profile, one on the face. Bob Odenkirk's in, like, an abandoned bar, looking very smooth. But then Molly Shannon is just like right up close to a wall, just like a bright green <laughs> wall. And she's like sat in like a booth at a restaurant. They've just whacked out like a camcorder. Yeah, I don't get why how they're filming these subjects. Some of them are filmed really strange. Yeah, I wish it had just gone chronologically as well. Yeah, because they keep, like you've already mentioned, but they keep using this Letterman interview. But mm. they, they use it right at the start and then also right at the end. At and... the end, yeah. It was jumping around time periods quite a lot. Yeah, because there's parts where they're talking about him as a kid and then they talk about him doing that, was it called Second City? Or Sound City? Oh, is that the improv group he was in? Yeah, and um, that kind of felt like it was the gradual thing of him, you know, starting out, going on stage, getting popular, and that's where he got scouted from. But then, like, right near the end, they went back to him being in the improv group again and started showing those same clips. It yeah, was a bit like why are they doing it in this way? I didn't get. It. I think they were because they were focusing on individual, like maybe characters and stuff. And like, oh, this is the bit where we need to talk about Matt mm. Foley or whatever. And yeah, it didn't quite work in the best way. Apparently, as well, something I found out whilst I was doing it is that they made another documentary about him. Like, yeah, there is another one, isn't there? Anything yeah. for laughs or something? Is it called? anything for a laugh? And it's the same director. Oh, really? Is, yeah. So it's very strange. Uh, I think it's Brett Brent Hodge. So and everyone has kind of said this one is better than oh, okay. the other one because oh, you. I'm glad we watched the better one. No, no, no. They said the other one is better. Oh, because we watch this one then. <laughs> I don't know. They say that it's not as many celebrities' voices, oh, and the okay. reason we watch this one is because Adam Sandler's in it. And Adam oh, Sandler's yeah, not in the other one, but he's not in it. um, but no, I I I kind of want to watch the other version of this story i think mm. maybe because i think he had a very unique life and i think he was a very unique character in comedy and and i think this does give you a, an idea of what he was like a bit but it's not very yeah. in depth yeah no it does kind of feel like cuz i suppose if you were to say you were to pass away and then i was going to make a documentary about you but it was only with your colleagues they only see you when you're at work that's true, yeah. If you spoke to my colleagues, they'd all be like, you know, he's a very sensible, nice man. But then, like, if you come to my house, I'm not sensible at all. I'm really yeah. wacky. Yeah, you're crazy. Cartwheeling through the house oh, every day. Right? Everywhere. 
always spitting on people. Yeah, spitting on them, getting your knob out at people. Yeah, all sorts of mad 20, stuff. 27 cappuccinos every single time before every we day. start recording this, yeah? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so like, it is kind of a bit of a blink of view on him, I guess, other than his colleague, the few family members that are in it mm. and whatever. But yeah, I feel like it did need a bit more of a perspective, maybe. Yeah. What did you think of the Mike Myers story where he says that every single week he'd jump in the shower? And... <laughs> <laughs> I really liked that one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He'd tuck his penis in between yeah. his legs. Yeah, I know. I like, but no, I think the way that he was telling that story, he's like crying, like laughing, like recounting it, and the, hmm. and how it made him feel and how scared he was. And he forgot but, about it every week, and then he just did it again. Yeah, which is uh, is very funny. And I think I don't know. There's a lot of insight from these quite funny people, and I think yeah, I think that works quite well. Yeah, it was good to see, and I think as well. Because I don't really know too much about like the history of SNL and stuff. I always think of Chris Farley just being in it at the same time as Adam Sandler and all those guys. But I kind of like that he was like a bridge between the Aykroyd, Mike Myers and all those sort of ones in the 80s. It was quite good to see that side of things. Yeah. I don't know why how I didn't realise that. I, obviously, they don't all just start at the same time and finish at the same time, do they? There's always going to be like... It's because you hear casts, don't you? Like, oh, this is the early 2000s cast. It's Will yeah. Ferrell and, and Tina Fey or whatever. But yeah, you're right. They're all just individual performers who get recruited every mm. now and again. So um, it's, quite, it's quite good to hear that he, was, he impressed like the old guard and then also was there with the the, the newer, fresh ones as well. Yeah. I, f- I think it is a, a nice, like, well-meaning... What's the word? Tribute. tribute rather than a documentary it doesn't uncover anything yeah. I, like you wouldn't be able to find with a wikipedia search but i think there was one guy who was like oh you like god didn't make him in a, a fit of a person that's just like gemstones and rubies and and this guy or whatever hmm. but i thought that was quite a nice like little thing i thought it was quite nice i didn't yeah dislike anything as i was watching it I no just it was thought... a nice nice watch I, f- I kind of feel like this is the sort of thing you would imagine coming out a year after they pass away. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, it's quite unusual that this came out, like, nearly 20 years after, I guess. Yeah, and I think if they did it again... Well, they've already done it again. This might be what the next one is. But I think it would be kind of cool to have a character study of Kevin Farley talking about his brother whilst also being a working stand-up who's not had the same level of success in mm. the comedy world as Chris Farley and ha- how he deals with living in the shadow and hearing that story through the lens of a person. And then you can film stuff in the, like now and, and mm. the family now and stuff. I think that would be an interesting story too and an interesting way of talking about the past of this guy. But That just sounds like Inside Lewin Davis, but for comedy instead of music. Be a great exactly. Coen Brothers film. <laughs> really if the Coen steal that, <laughs> furious. <laughs> uh, but no, I. But it's interesting. They do a little bit of Kevin Farley doing stand up, but nothing mm. else of anyone else. Yeah, I know. You think in these sort of documentaries, they always have like the shots of like someone. Did I, maybe they did have it? Did they have they any shots a... of him going through like family albums and stuff? No, but they do. But they start with that. They have Kevin Farley driving like, oh, this is the old place we grew up. And yeah. they, drove, they drive past a mansion. Hmm. Uh, again, like American homes are insane to my eyes. I know. They, just said, they said he was a, his dad was a businessman, though, didn't they? So 
true, but also even then, that's bigger than any mansion in the UK. Yeah, true. I think um, what's it called? I think they they sort of hinted that quite a lot of it in Tommy Boy was kind of based on his dad as well, didn't they? Yeah, there is that uh, throughout this because I think they say that he gave his uh, Chris Farley a job as a salesman with him yeah. because he he flunked out of school or whatever, and. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels I think they draw between them. Pairing it up with Tommy Boy is quite a good idea, I think, because it does yeah. give a bit of context to that film. Which we stumbled I think into that was... one somehow, didn't we? It wasn't yeah. planned. They would work <laughs> so well with it. No, I haven't really got much more to say about it, but I liked that when they all sort of did impressions of him, it kind of seemed like what you saw in sketches was just like a slightly heightened version of what he actually was like. Yeah. When they're saying about him like filming like Wayne's World and stuff and Mike Myers was talking about how he was like asking if he was doing okay and stuff in the film kind of just sounded the same as when you see him in other in like that Paul McCartney sketch yeah lots of things like that so it's quite nice that that's just what he was kind of like yeah big act kind of like how David Spade seems like he's just like a snarky little shit in real life as well as (laughs) he is in films (laughs) he does always come across as such a snarky little bastard doesn't he he's so rude what about Bo Derek being in this interview as well yeah I loved it and she was like god he's he's the sexiest man I've ever seen yeah she was like he was so cute Yeah, he was doing press-ups in front of me and so cute. I think they did a really good thing. I might genuinely start doing this. I thought it was genius, the joke that he, they said that he did when go up and jump in front of people and he'd just get on the floor and start doing press-ups and go, 198! 199! That's such a good joke. That is good. Yeah, it, it did just paint him... It was, it was very complimentary, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, paints a picture and it's fine. Wouldn't go in a gallery or a museum, hmm. but it was a pretty good painting. Probably like a good starter course in Chris Farley, wasn't it? Excited to see what the other one, because eventually I'll probably watch that as well. So hmm. excited to see what that maybe uncovers instead. Uh, so we didn't do a Sandler scale for this because that would be awful. Yeah, that would have been uh, weird. So to deliberate, yeah, I don't want to get in, do some silly thing, really. <laughs> it's about a man's life who died tragically young so are you going to put this uh painting of this person this documentary are you going to put it in the castle where it'll be celebrated with other documentaries that we've covered like um have we ever done a documentary i don't think so well is it going to join um join is it going to join <laughs> why what how do you say it join 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 yeah join what are you saying join you sound like an Irish person saying giant. Joint. Why are you saying it like that? I don't know. Is that not... You always say it like that. I'm going to join. Yeah, I said join. You had a Y in before the I. Join. 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 Not just join. Join. Do you oh, say coin? Coin. I haven't got any no, notes about coin. some coins. I say coin. Why don't you join me and. and Have you ever eaten a pork loin? Pork lo- loin. Loin. I would buy that with a coin. Uh, My favourite character in The Hobbit Enjoying me for dinner. (laughs) Gloying. One of the dwarves. (laughs) Right, so is it going to join... uh, Is it going to fucking join Tommy Boy in the castle? Or is it going to rot in the pit with Coneheads? (laughs) Stop being Coneheads so much. Because it's the only thing that we've got of his in the pit. I'm sure it's not. 
all of SNL's in there. Yes. Um, yeah, and SNL. No, nah, I'll put it in the castle. As as I say, it's not like technically the most impressive or exciting documentary. It's not Moon Age Daydream or the Amy Winehouse one, but it is a a good example of like what made Chris Farley special. And I just think it's it's always kind of nice to see people like Mike Myers not playing a character. So that's kind of always an interesting little thing. Yeah, it was it was fine. Like not something I'll think about very much, but did a good enough job of painting the picture and it was a good tribute to a uh, good comedian that was lost too soon. How about you? Castle as well. It's fine. Uh, what it is making me think now is that I really want to see some, I think I might have said it before about SNL. I'd love to see some behind the scenes footage of SNL mm. in the writers' rooms and the... and. There must be footage of this. There must be something that you could weave a kind of interesting documentary, a bit like yeah. Get Back Out of. And More I'd love like to see... That, there's that South Park one, isn't there? Have you ever watched that? No. What's it called? 48 Hours to Air or something like that? It's about how much of a rush it is for them to make the show. And it was That was quite good. Something like see, that of SNL would be cool. That would be cool. If there's any kind of behind-the-scenes footage, home video, anything of the writer's room, I'd love to see that. And I'd love to see Chris Farley out of his character and being told about if there's anything there it'd be great to see that weaved mm. into some sort of documentary feature I feel like i can hear Stu monroe's keyboard being clicked at the sound of you saying this because if anyone's <laughs> got an example it'll be him yeah he'll know <laughs> email in Stu. uh but no really good no it's not a really good film what am i talking about it's fine uh and it, yeah it's, it's just fine, so it's going in the castle. Yeah, cool. That's all I have to say. I bet that doesn't exist, though, that documentary, because everyone was probably just too busy because this show gets made every week and they're, like, rushing what? to make stuff. That is very depressing, isn't it? Because, like, I, I think I've spoken about it before, but I really like the Netflix documentary The Last Dance mm. uh, about Michael Jordan in the Chicago Bulls. I'm not a basketball fan, because we don't really have basketball that much in the UK. Hmm. But I love that documentary because it's a character study of like Dennis Rodman and, and Michael Jordan and these kind of crazy things that they were doing in, in the 90s. Hmm. So you, it's a bit like a film because you can kind of, the way they've built this narrative around them and their personalities, it's really good. But then it's also got them in the present talking about it. Really well-made documentary. And thank God someone was there to get some footage of, other stuff going on besides mm -hmm. the main feature so it's a shame if no one was there like at the Rockefeller Center in the 90s and the 80s and stuff just filming what was going on that is a shame that that wasn't captured yeah but it's it's just like back then filming was a lot more expensive than it is now true but I mean they could That's do it now mad that they had the Beatles one why did they, they could... film so much I can't even remember why I don't know wasn't it because they were like the biggest band in the entire world and they These guys are massive. Film them? it makes sense yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um they could do about snl now someone just whip their iphone out and film it couldn't they yeah whip an iphone out and film i don't know pete davison colin jost be exciting wouldn't it yeah colin, colin jost. jost experience i am colin jost god <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you hate that man. <laughs> I just don't know what he is. He's just a guy and he's all right. I don't mind him. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, to round us off, we've got a very quick Sandler game, uh, which I have built, or should I say, I haven't built, but um, 
an AI has built a quiz for you about Chris Farley. So lazy. It's 10 questions. Right. And I've designed it in a special way. Have you? (laughs) Well, I asked it to do something special for me, and it did. And when it did do the thing I asked it to, I punched the air. The joy. (laughs) I was like, yes, I can't believe it. They're rising up, Um, finally, the machine. Basically, on our other podcast, um, Real Boys, where we watch and talk about every single Pinocchio film, uh, we recorded an episode last night, and I signed up to a bunch of AI websites to design a, a robot that could just do everything in a podcast, but with my voice. But then when I did it, it ended up sounding Australian. But it's given me a bit of a taste for this chat GPT. <laughs> it's really good. Like, if anyone, if anyone's listening out there, write your essays on it. Who cares? You lecturer will never find out. They will. They will. Stop killing Although, creativity, you. There's no technology out there that can track it, I think, at the moment, at the time of recording. Mm. It will come but up one day. It's going to come up. That turn it in. It's a it's a beast. Um, but anyway, this isn't an essay. This is a 10-question quiz about Chris Farley. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get into it. Again, this was written by an AI. Yeah, you so mentioned. Some of this are things that you might already know. They might be a bit easy. They might be things we've already talked about. But again, this is a computer, so don't be harsh. Number one, what was the name of the character Chris Farley played on Saturday Night Live who was constantly hyped up on caffeine? Matt Foley. Matt Foley is correct. Well done. Oh, was it? Yeah. Didn't I didn't know there was a caffeine element to that character. Yeah, it must have been all the cappuccinos. Could be. Two, in what year did Chris Farley pass away? 1997? What was it? Six. No. Uh, it was... Go on, what, what are you going to say? 90, I'll go 98. It was 1997. Oh. Same year as Beverly Hills Ninja. Three, and I think the computer's gone a bit wrong here. What was the name of the motivational speaker Chris Farley played in the movie Tommy Boy? Tommy Callahan. Tommy Callahan is correct. Is he a motivational speaker? No. No, I think <laughs> I got think that so. a bit wrong. Um, what was the name of the Chris Farley movie where he played an unlikely warrior? Beverly Hills Ninja. Beverly Hills Ninja is correct. Well when you done. mentioned two Yeah, we've already mentioned. Again, the computer didn't know that, though, did it? Bless it. Five. Which Chris Farley movie features a scene where he dances to What Is Love by Hadaway in a nightclub? Again, I don't think this is right. Is it saying Tommy Boy? No. He dances to What Is Love. I don't think this is a... This is in another film. And it's not Chris Farley. The computer's got it wrong. American Wedding. <laughs> is it? No, it's not American Wedding. <laughs> what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Yeah, I know the song. Don't hurt me. No more. But I don't know what. It's an SNL film. Night of the Roxbury. Night of the Roxbury is correct. Well done. I think that came out two years after he died. Yeah, I don't know that he's in that. Okay, the um... next question. In what year did Chris Farley join the cast of Saturday Night Live? Oh. 88? No, it was 1990, according to the robot. Okay, the next question. What was the name of the Bigfoot-themed sketch Chris Farley performed on Saturday Night Live? I don't know. Sasquatch Returns. (laughs) 
No, it was a uh, it was Bigfoot in a bathtub. Mm. Yeah, sounds good. I also asked the AI to include a question about Bigfoot. <laughs> Do you reckon it's real? Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. We'll have to check in a bit. <laughs> what was the name of the character Chris Farley played in the movie Black Sheep who runs for governor? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Okay, let's um, go through. Uh, Johnny. There's... No, I'm going to give you a few a few guesses at the the first name of this man. Okay. Chris. No. David. No. I don't know why I keep saying Johnny. No. <laughs> Billy. No. How long are we going to do this for? We're going to do it until you get it. Does it begin with a vowel? No. Consonant? Yeah. Two from the top, three from the bottom. <laughs> That's a countdown joke. Countdown reference for American listeners. Cheers, guys. Um, what did you say it does start with? A, a consonant? Consonant, yeah. Which ones are they? They're the ones that aren't A, E, I, O, U. You All the other me. ones. You owe me big time. <laughs> um, does it begin with a D? No. J? No. K? No. M? Yeah. Mikey? Oh, a little bit shorter. Mike. And that is correct. It's Mike. Oh, and the surname. Okay. It is the, uh, it's the surname of a popular... Jackson. Host of British TV. Mohan. No. Good <laughs> guess, though. Like, along those lines. Mike McPartlin. No, oh, oh, no, not that. <laughs> Mike Donnelly. Yes! That's so stupid. <laughs> so good. Okay, the, uh, the next question. Which Chris Farley movie features him playing a man-child who inherits his father's successful auto parts company? Tommy Boy. Well done, good job. Is it done, Tommy Boy? It's like two answers. So done it so many, mate. And then the final question: What was the name of the cult leader who inspired Chris Farley's character in the sketch, The Chris Farley Show? The cult leader. I only know one. Charles Manson. Yes, Charles Manson. I don't think that's true. Again, I asked the AI. The exact thing I asked it to do was. Uh, could you make me a quiz with 10 questions about the comedian Chris Farley, but include one question about the mythical creature Bigfoot and one question about the cult leader Charles Manson? He's definitely not based on Charles Manson. He's not case. based on Charles Manson. He's just playing he's... himself. Why are you based <laughs> on Charles Manson? Did he have a Nazi symbol in his head? <laughs> when he... <laughs> he's singing a really fucked up version of Helter Skelter by the Beatles. <laughs> well, that's why he interviewed Paul McCartney. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it finally makes sense. <laughs> anyway, that's my game. It was pretty quick, but we did do two films. And uh, thank you to ChatGPT for just helping with that. that. We don't need to worry about AI just yet. They're not quite, oh. it's not quite there. It's not quite advanced yet. No. Right. Well, that was a fun episode. A lot more respect for Chris Farley than we had before. Not that mm. we didn't like him before, but even more respect. What are we going to do on the next episode of The Sandler Pit? Something with some Sandler? No, unfortunately no. <laughs> not. Because a lot of his films that are coming out this year haven't been released yet. We are a bit stuck for nothing with him in it. We could just <laughs> do nothing. While. We could just do nothing. Uh, but instead, we're going to be watching Father of the Year? Yeah, we're going to watch Father of the Year. Father of the Year. So we've just gone from David Spade at his absolute best. And this 
potentially his absolute worst. Well, we've watched almost all of the Happy Madison films now, so it's only right that we're like mopping up the last few remaining stains that is left on our cinematic voyage. Mm. So that's what Father of the Year is. Just a, a little leftover piece of trash. Have you seen it? No, I've seen the thumbnail though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's enough for me. I think um, I've seen him like in a jacuzzi or something. I think it might be our shortest episode ever. Sorry. Well, I always say that, but then if we don't enjoy the film, we we talk about other stuff and it makes it way longer. Yeah, you can't really predict how it's going to go, can you? Because we well, enjoyed these two things and this is not the longest of our episodes. I think this is a pretty short one, is it? Hour and a half, I think, so far. Oh, lovely. We're nearly done. Yeah. Um, And we've kept on topic. We haven't talked about anything. I know, there hasn't been any tangents, really. What am I going to make a trailer of? Oh, God, maybe it's just talking about the films like we, we should Im- be doing. Impressive. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's another David Spade. I want to say he's being a hillbilly in it, but I'm not 100% sure of that. I don't know. Isn't that Joe Dirt? What is he in this? Maybe. Yeah. I think he's wearing like a trucker cap, if that's anything. Let's see things to go by. It's a Netflix original. It's a Happy Madison film and it stars David Spade. My expectations are rather low. Yes, I am not quite excited for this one, but we will watch it and we will talk about it for your entertainment. It might be a hidden gem. You never know. You like the wrong Missy. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Um, So if you want us to watch something else in the future, maybe, maybe something else a bit more like Tommy Boy or if you've got another suggestion of something that you think we should watch and talk about, we're very open to ideas. Uh, if you want to ask us a question, we will read your email out on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us thesandlerpit at gmail.com and you can also message us on Instagram or Twitter and follow us on there at the thesandlerpit. Yep, get doing it. You can leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or just tell your friends to listen. We really appreciate it. We do. Um, thank you uh, to Joe Tyrone for doing all the music for this podcast. Stellar work as always. Lovely tunes. Joe Tyrone's also a real boy, which is our other podcast, our, our sister podcast for The Sound of the Pit. It's <laughs> a uh, podcast where we watch a Pinocchio-related film every month for some reason. Uh, yeah, we've got through a couple of classics. We've got through Shrek, Artificial Intelligence, and... Uh, the 1940s Pinocchio. So yeah, if you want to follow us at Real Boys Pod, we're on all social media as well. If you want to, yeah. if you're just dying for more of our content, if you've been crying out for a podcast that covers the 1939 Soviet Russian film The Golden Key, you're in luck. <laughs> oh, well, that's going to be our, Real Boys, our August episode. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be big. <laughs> um. So yeah, thank you, Luke Terry, for doing all the editing of these episodes. Always good work. Someone's got to do it. Thanks to Luke Thomas for his artwork. Cannot wait to see his picture of that car. The broken, broken car. Anything else that you want? Yeah, just the little brain characters as the usual suspect. No, I'm not doing that. Oh, God. I refuse. I refuse. Just do it, man. It'll be fine. I'll... It'll be funny. It won't be funny. It it'll won't be, good. be funny. <gasps> you know it'll be good. I don't like that man. I don't want to draw <laughs> him. But you're going to to just do it because there's nothing else to do it about but yeah thank you very much for listening and come back next time where we discuss father of the year yeah and until then it's been a very happy sandler bye from me and a very happy sandler bye from him 
holy shnikes. You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. 